You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome and good morning or good afternoon to all of you pet lovers out there. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes. Here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to talk about anything you want. Um, typically, I'm the one doing all the talking, which is not what we had intended since we are a live call-in show. That means you should call us. You could write us. You can ask questions right here live. Kind of get the answers that you never understood. Maybe you never got from your veterinarian. You couldn't understand from your veterinarian. You know, look, we're pretty busy at practice. I know what it's like. I practice full time. And um, sometimes, you know, the client leaves the office not exactly clear on what their choices are, what they should do. So now's your chance. Now's your chance to uh, pick my brain, at the very least advise you a little bit, maybe put you in the right direction. So here's how to get a hold of me. Very easy. First of all, pick up the phone, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-TOLL-FREE. 385-8882. You can also log in to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab there on the left and click on and you can just join in in the conversation. You can type away. And our producer, Mark, has also posted a link to Google Hangouts. And that's really cool because you get to sit in front of your computer, have your little camera on in your computer, and we get to see you, you get to see me, and we can all talk together about anything you want to talk about. I hope everybody had a great Christmas holiday. Last week, we had our special guest, Dr. Heather Lenzer from the American Animal Hospital Association, and uh, we talked about some holiday hazards. So I'm hoping that your pets weren't one of them because that did still manage to get into trouble because I got to tell you, it happens every year. We sit and we talk about it till we're blue in the face, try to cover every possible scenario. And sure enough, inevitably, it's going to happen anyway. And I'm going to get the phone calls, which I did about the getting into the candy, getting into the chocolate, getting into the food, getting into the tree, some sort of problem. We actually have a cat in my office right now. And we talked about this. We clearly talked about it. Who got a hold of some tinsel? And some of it's passing. Cat's still doing okay, so we don't really want to cut this cat if we don't have to, but we may have to go in, and we're watching it very carefully. But that is the kind of thing that happens. So we're here to try to help educate you a little bit and prevent those things. We're here also with the help of our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products. These are veterinary-quality products that you can actually buy over-the-counter at your local Walmart, at your local Target, even supermarkets. Uh, It's great stuff. Your Kroger's have them. Also, Kong. Kong veterinary products, makers of all sorts of very good, safe toys, chews, behavior things for your pets, and for veterinarians as well. They make great cones, and um, they're a lifesaver. So I want to thank them for allowing us to be here. So here I am sitting in a room out in California, and I get a hint, a big hint, actually, that if I'm sitting in California and it's actually colder here than it's been in New York, then something is wrong. It's time to talk about cold weather. In fact, I was going to be going out to New York to do another segment with Al Roker on his morning, the weather show that precedes his show on part of um, the Today Show. And they called me three days before and said, Jeff, we're going to have to hold because it's not cold enough yet. We don't want to start talking about cold weather tips when it's not that cold. And here in L.A., it has been, I know you're going to get out the violins and you're going to start, oh, poor Dr. Jeff. 
It has been in the 50s, in the 40s at night. I mean, for us, that's cold. Where I have to put a sweater on or a jacket on to walk out of the house, it's cold. And uh, it's been that way. So as I have my five dogs and... We need to talk about how cold is too cold and what are some of the myths that we have to deal with. So I figured no time like the present, and it is it is getting cold. I was in Park City, Utah, as many of you know that may have been listening last week. Next week, I'll be coming to you live from Mammoth Mountain, California, which is uh, another really, really, uh, excuse me, in two weeks, in two weeks, and um, they'll be doing some snowboarding. So we're you know, the beautiful thing about California is, you know, you could be 15 minutes heading west, you can be at the beach, and two hours heading east, a little bit north, you could be skiing and snowboarding. So it's pretty nice. So anyway, dogs have their fur. Dogs are always wearing their coat. But we always talk about how a, a healthy pet's coat is kind of like a thermos. During the, the hot weather and the heat, it's going to keep them cool. And in the cold weather, it's going to keep them warm. So basically all it does is normalize their body temperature, but to a degree. And as with us, if you have, if it's 40 degrees outside, it's not the end of the world. But if it's 40 degrees outside with a major windshield factor, then that's a problem. It's very similar, interestingly, as dogs in very hot weather, that it's not just the heat, but it's the blistering sun. So we need to do is our jobs is to provide them with some relief from the heat, from the cold, so they have to have shelter. So a couple of things that we have to not kind of laugh. You know, typically, I don't know how many of you out there have one. I don't. In fact, I've never had one for my pets. But it's something that you need to think about if you're going to have a pet that's mostly outside during the day in very cold weather, and that is a doghouse. I know I'm afraid that if I had a doghouse, sometimes I'd be in it. <laughs> but typically, they have to have some relief from the wind chill. So it's either going to be a doghouse. It's going to be a porch, a covered porch. It's going to be an area where they can escape from the wind, even if it's just two walls, and you know, depending on how the wind is blowing. But they have to have some relief. Secondly, interestingly, the larger the dog, the less effect the cold would have on the dog. Not, not I don't mean just the hair coat length. I don't mean, in fact, not coat length at all. It is the body surface area of a larger dog in relation to its body weight is less than the body surface area of a small dog. So what I'm getting at is this. When you go to a pet store, there are now aisles of doggy sweaters, doggy jackets. And I know when you see that little Pomeranian or that Poodle or that Maltese or that Yorkie, that Papillon, uh, you name it, that Chihuahua, and you see them walk on the street and they're wearing a little sweater, you think to yourself, oh, God, how corny is that? Well, guess what? It's not corny. They need it. They absolutely need it. Small dogs have a greater surface area per body weight and actually can lose a lot of their heat, their body heat, to the outside in cold weather. So when you have these little, or if you have these small breeds, don't care what people think. They probably should be wearing some sort of protection, even on a walk. It's very important. Secondly, if it's really freezing outside, there are quite a few breeds actually that can deal with extreme temperatures, but even they need some relief. If they're out working, and I'm talking about your sled dogs, your Iditarod dogs, your Malamutes, your Huskies, your Samoyeds, uh, even some of your Akitas, these dogs that have very thick undercoats, they are built for cold weather. 
And these dogs can actually withstand temperatures much lower than your average typical other breed that doesn't have that thick coat, that wasn't built, that wasn't made for these dogs. I mean, for these uh, cold, extreme weathers. But even these dogs need help. They have to be inside at some point. They have to have shade. They have to be in a tent. They have to be protected from the wind, et cetera. Now, while they're working, that's different because their body's going, their blood is flowing. It's just like us. You know, if you go out in the morning and you're a runner and it's cold, okay? So you have that little hoodie on maybe and you're running. And at first you're walking out there and you're bringing your arms together and you're blowing inside your hands because it's cold. But guess what? Once you start moving, once your blood gets flowing, your own body heat is generating, then you're not as cold anymore. So it's the same thing with these dogs. These sled dogs, they're not immune to the cold. It's just that they are working when they're working and therefore that increases their body temperature and that helps them withstand the extremes. But still, if they're just sleeping or resting, They, too, need to be somewhat covered. So some other hazards that as I was in snow last week and I'm walking the streets of Park City, you see a lot of salt on the streets. And that's fine for us because most of us aren't walking barefoot in the snow. But guess what? Our dogs are walking barefoot in the snow. And that salt can be an irritant. And also, they don't have the same protection from their coat on their pads of their feet. So can a dog's feet get actually cold? Absolutely, yes. So again, if you're dealing with extreme temperatures, your dog's going to be outside at night, which I do not recommend. I'm not a big fan. My dogs that love be outside during the day, they're running around. Certainly, as I said, we worry here when it gets down to 40 or, or 50 degrees. But when it's out there below, you know, 30 degrees, it's freezing temperatures. It's hitting zero. You're up north. You know, you're in. Um, I remember I was in Kansas City. Oh, about five years ago in February. I typically want to go to Kansas City. It's for the Central Veterinary Conference, which is during the summer, every August. Oh, I love Kansas City. I love it in August. And um, I don't mind the, the mugginess. It's a great town. But this was February. And I, I remember we had to walk from our hotel across kind of like a park. And we were going to what's called the plaza. And we were going to one of the uh, restaurants in the plaza. There we are, and there's a cab line. So we said, oh, come on, guys. Let's just walk across the park. Let's just do it. So I'm bundled up, clearly not bundled up enough because I'm not used to this kind of weather. I don't even have a coat that is heavy enough or warm enough for this kind of weather. Well, by the time I I got through, my ears were falling off. So anyway, I hear we have a caller on. So uh, let's take a quick break. So don't go away. We'll be right back here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, here on Google Hangouts. Don't go away. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, 
front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. Here, your host on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. I have a question from John from Holland, New York. John, I'm going to get you a question in one second. Let me just finish this with the uh, booties, which I was getting at in the cold weather. So when you have freezing weather like that, it's a really good idea to put booties on, not because they're cute. I mean, they are, but not because they're cute. You're doing it because we need to protect those feet from some of the elements out there, notably the, well, the snow itself, the, the ice, but also because of the salt that many municipalities put down on the ground, which can be very irritating to feet. So if you're going to take your dog for a short walk, that's probably okay. But if you're going to be on a public place where they're putting a lot of salt down, and you know, like you're in New York City, for example, they do it all over the place, not a bad idea to put some booties on your dog's feet too. And again, there are many, many different types. You can get them online. You can get paw savers, which are great. Paw savers we talked about before are these little um, pads that just sort of attach to your the feet. You don't have to actually put a booty on. And it's just enough to, it's that barrier between the pad and the elements and the snow or the ice. So let's talk about real quick from Holland, New York, my friend's American Bulldog, four months. When you drop his food, he eats it like a vacuum cleaner. How can we get him to slow down? So first of all, Four months as a puppy, and puppies love to, to eat. So the first thing I would say is don't drop your food. But what you could do is start to train the dog that it is better for them to not chow the food down. Two things. If they're chowing food down from their bowls, there are a number of bowls out there on the market, which are really, really cool, that will actually force them to eat more slowly. They are bowls that are partitioned. So instead of having that one bowl where they can just stick their face in, what it is, it is a, a number of like they'll take a regular bowl and divide it into quarters with these plastic boundaries within. So they can't uh, gobble really fast because what they're going to end up gobbling is the plastic or the metal. Another one is an all stainless steel bowl that has the center of the bowl is raised, leaving just sort of a trough, a circular trough around the circumference of the bowl. So again, they can't eat the whole thing with their mouths open. They have to sort of eat gently to be able to get to the food. So there are a number of them. One is out there. It's called the No Gulp Bowl. They have different cute names, but those are great. And that is the, for your, what you're feeding your dog. Now, let's say you have a dog who likes to park himself at your feet, waiting for something to drop. Or let's say you have children in their high chairs, and they love nothing more than to watch that dog go bananas. So... That is, you know, one of the things that they like to do. So what I recommend there is teach your dog that you put something down, put a piece of food down, and 
you can either attach something to a little string or just don't completely let go of your hand. And if the dog like goes for it, like, like insanely lift it up, that nah, no, that's a no. Now ask him to sit and stay for a second. And on a stay, first put the food down farther away from him where, where you have plenty of time to pick it up. If he goes after it, have him in a stay. If he sits and stays, then you praise him by good boy and giving him a food. So if it's something that you are okay with him going after, then you have to teach them through positive reward that you get your food. You're going to get it, but you have to get it like a gentleman or a lady. So you can't just chow it down two seconds flat. And if they do, if they go for it, you pick it up, they don't get it. So they'll learn. It's like it's sort of like that trick you do, and I'm sure many of you have done it because I've done it, and that is you have your dog sit, and you take that piece of cheese or piece of meat, whatever it is, and you put it on their snout, Okay. And so they're sitting there with this little food treat right there on their snout. And you say, ah, stay, stay. And all of a sudden you say, okay. So they throw their head up in the air. The thing goes up in the air and they try to catch it in air from their snout. So that is teaching them that you're going to get it, buddy, but you have to do it slowly and nicely and not chow down. Likewise, you should be able to put things on the floor, have your dog sit and stay and not get it. But remember, if you're going to do that, they have to get a reward. It's either going to be that piece of food that's on the floor or another treat. But when they behave, when they're good, you have to be good boy, good boy, good boy, or good girl, good girl, good girl, and they get a treat. Now, the beauty of that is once they get the hugs, kisses, treat, and the, and the praise, they don't always have to get the reward, the food reward. What we're trying to do through operant conditioning is have just the good boy be enough of a praise. And also by doing that and also occasionally or intermittently actually giving them the treat, they will continue to behave hoping that, okay, it's going to be the next one. I didn't get it this time, but I know I'm going to get it next time. Or, oh, if they didn't get it the second time, oh, I know I'm going to get it the third time. But if you stop giving them some sort of reward forever, that they may stop the behavior. And that's a whole study they've done on mice. And that's why I am a fan. And remember, and we've talked about it many times, volume does not play into this. So if you're going to give a dog a treat, it does not have to be a, you know, a half of a turkey. It can be just a little teeny piece of something and they will be equally as thrilled. So we have this other question from also from our good friend in Holland, New York. Two for a Cocker Spaniel made of a toy of string that's twisted for Rottweiler. If there's a toy made of string, and he uh, he likes playing with it. Nylon bones are very safe. There's a question about there's different things that are safe for pets. And again, a great thing to buy or have bought for your pets during holidays. But nylon bones are great. They only become not safe. Sometimes they'll be able to eat to the tips, the ends off of a nylon bone. And when they do that, sometimes they get a little spiculy. They get a little sharp. So like the nylon bone, for example, which is a great safe toy, if they get kind of really sharp on the edges, then it's time to get a new one. But it takes a lot of work and a long time. Trust me, you're going to get your money's worth from some of these nylon bones. So as far as string toys, things with string in them, you got to be careful. Depends on how long the strings are and what is on the other end of a string. As we talked about last week with Dr. Lenzer, is that there's something called a string foreign body. And that's where a dog ingests some string or a cat, big time in cats, because cats love string. And depending on the length of the string, it starts to course through the intestine. But if there is a, a large chunk at the end that can't make it out of the stomach, then we end up with something called a string foreign body effect. Those are very, very dangerous. That's why right now, as I mentioned, we have this cat in the hospital and we're worried about that cat needing, possibly needing surgery if the tensile doesn't come out. So when we have a short piece of string, it's going to pass 
I'm not worried about short pieces of string. If they can, even when they're fully rolled up on a ball, it's less than the narrowest area in diameter of the intestine, which is usually called the ileocecocolic junction, then we're fine. It's going to pass. We're, we're not a problem. So it's when they get really, really long piece of string, really, really long pieces of even dental floss. I've had cats that love digging into garbages in the bathroom and will pick up a very long piece of dental floss. And the effect this has is sort of like a, a piano wire effect, tearing and cutting through the intestine. Because the intestine is going up and down, okay? It's, it's sort of like sigmoid in a lot of areas. And what does a string want to do? A string wants to get everything straight. So it causes what we call an accordion effect in the intestine. And as the intestine is doing its job by trying to propel ingesta and anything inside of it through, it ends up cutting itself at what we call the mesenteric junction. That's where the blood supply is. And we've seen, any veterinarian has seen some pretty major disasters, with string foreign bodies. So we've got to be very careful. So if you are getting a toy that's big, it's like one of those big rope knot toys uh, with the knot, the big knots on both ends, those are usually pretty safe because if they do, it's almost impossible for them to take the knot out. So they can't get a bunch. They might pull away a string or two, but in length, those it's not big enough to cause a problem. So I think that the uh, the cocker is going to be fine. I want to thank John from uh, Holland, New York, for uh, giving us the call. Well, in this way, in chat room, we're going to work on our technical issues so we can not only hear, but there's going to be a link for the Google Hangouts live chat, and you can join us. We can see you right there in the flesh, in on air. So make sure you're dressed appropriately. And also, what's a great thing about this, and as I said, we're you're going to hear more about this type of consulting. But if you have your pet with you or you have you know, one of those cameras, as I do, right on my computer, you can have your pet with you. I want to see your dog. I want to see your cat. If you want to show me something on the skin or show me something in the mouth or show me something in the ears, it's the best way to do it. And again, I can't play your doctor, but what I can do is give you some ideas, some suggestions of what it might be and what if, if it were this, and that's the key, if it were this, this is what I would recommend you do or have your doctor do. And then you can go to your doctor, see what he or she says, and then we can have a conversation. And as you know, I am always available. You can reach me at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, which means that if we do something like that, which I really would love to do, and you go get a difference of opinion, you can always contact me and we can have a conversation. I will give you my phone. I would even talk to your doctor. It all depends on what you find. So it's a great way to get some really, really good information. And it's free, at least for now. And I never for me, but you'll see in the next, probably in the next six months, you're going to see, I'll hear a lot about this. There are a couple of companies out there doing it, trying to help people save money, get information at a very reasonable cost, way cheaper than going to your veterinarian. So as I said, it's not to replace your doctor. It's to help join in, giving you more information, better equipping you to have that conversation with your veterinarian. So anyway, thanks for joining me here. Sorry for some of the glitches. We are working them out using the Google Hangouts, which we love. And um, we're trying to get more of you on air. So make sure to tune in next week. It'll be uh, January. What's it going to be? Second, third. And um, we're looking forward to having you join us here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Dr. Jeff. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong. And um, if you want to get a hold of me during the week, have any questions, you can reach me through Pet Life Radio at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. 
only on PetLifeRadio.com.